they actually care more about their content than they do dollars. Dollars are just a number in the bank account. And you see this even today with like Mr. Beast. He's like, I yep. don't care. Give this person $10,000. It doesn't matter. Whatever. He cares more about the content. And that's any good content creator who's true. To the, they care about their craft more than dollars. Yep. Whether it's a Very content creator, a musician, an artist, an actor, any of these celebrities, like they are able to accumulate these massive amounts of dollars because they care so much about their craft and content. So I was like, oh, let me change my perspective. Like, All right, folks, welcome back to season two. You're not your ROAS. We are bringing you the best and the brightest of the DDC community. And in this case, the best looking, we have Taylor Offer from Feet, hot off the travels. Um, I I live vicariously through your Instagram. You probably have one of my favorite Instagrams to follow, but you actually just went on a kind of uh, pretty quirky trip. Um, are you Are you back in California now? Back in, uh, yeah, back in Los Angeles. I'm actually live in the feet store. You can't really see, but this is our oh, yoga studio that yes. we have upstairs. So this is, I'm taking the call from the feet yoga studio. Look at that, very on brand. Um, so you're actually telling me a little bit about this offline, but tell me what you just did, because you were just in India, but you had a pretty uh, interesting way of getting there. Yeah, um, I, I, Q4 is always tough and challenging, and you're locked in, right? For, for three months. It, it's really hard not to be glued to your screen. So I think it's important, like once December sec- 22nd, December 23rd comes around, once that shipping cutoff is done, you need to just get away and get as far away as possible yep. to really process things. It, it's so important. I'm in year seven of this business now. And it's like, if you don't take these breaks, I've learned you burn out and you have to plan them. You have to get out. And that's actually how you grow. You have to digest and process what happens. So- uh, December 22nd, I woke up. I realized I had nothing planned and um, for like a trip or anything. It wasn't doing anything. So I was like, I got to go. I got to process everything that's happened. So um, I drove straight to the airport and I just had a Jansport backpack. And my goal was to travel around the world in 10 days and just book one ways. So I got to LAX, uh, which is the international terminal in Los Angeles. The next flight, uh, I wanted to go. I was going to figure out if I was going to go east or west, um, depending on where the next flight was. So the next flight was to London, to uh, Heathrow Airport in London. So hopped on the next flight to London and went there, was in London for a little bit. From there, went to back to Heathrow at the airport. And the next flight was east was Sri Lanka Airlines going to Sri Lanka. And I knew nothing about Sri Lanka besides that Nicki Minaj song, like, uh, with a bad bitch that came from Sri Lanka. I just like kept playing in my head. That's all I knew about Sri Lanka. Uh, and I was like, oh, I guess that's like, I, I saw the airlines, that song started playing in my head. And I was like, I guess like that's a sign. I got to go to Sri Lanka. So I went there and that was amazing. They have a lot of really cool like Buddhist temples and um, Colombo, which is the capital, uh, cool beaches and cool things. So I had a lot of fun time at the Buddhist temples and really exploring that in Sri Lanka. Got to the airport there. Uh, the next flight was to New Delhi, India. Um, so I went there and that was just insane. And India is like just so eye-opening. A, the amount of people, especially in a city like New Delhi, just the sheer mass of people. B, that like there's just animals like chilling in the road, just like goats and um, bulls Elephant. and cows. They're just like walking in the streets. <laughs> so I'm like, what is happening? Uh, but it was so cool. Um, so I was there for... I think four or five days in India. I honestly, I went, my, my plan in India, I was like, I'm going to stay here as long as my stomach could last. And my yep. stomach lasted four or five days, which I was very impressed with. I did not know my stomach would last that long because- Legendary. Um, yeah, I got, I, I, I didn't think my stomach would be that tough with a lot of the food there. I was eating a lot of the street food and just being a little reckless with it. So was in India until I got a stomach ache and then went back to the New Delhi airport. And the next flight was Singapore Airlines to Singapore. And I went to Sin- Singapore, which is extremely like- New Delhi to Singapore. What a contrast. Such a contrast, right? (laughs) Singapore is like, there's nobody in the streets. It is the cleanest city ever. It is beautiful. Modern architecture. So different. Yeah, in every way. So that was great. Um, And then from there, there's a flight to Singapore direct to Los Angeles. It was like a 15-hour flight, and I went back. So fully around the world in like 10 days, and it was a good little trip. Honestly, the best reset. And I think there's there's probably a lot of people listening to this who – are like, oh shit, that sounds awesome. But A, I don't have the time or resources to do that. And it's like, yes, you do. Like end of the day, like you do have the time and it's, you actually get more time by doing that kind of stuff because otherwise you're trapped in your same thought pattern and same thinking. So you have to do it. 
And then traveling, I think a lot of people think it's extremely expensive. It, it, like, it wasn't cheap, but like, I think it, in flights to get fully around the world was you flying economy and get up for like 2,500 bucks, go fully around the world on one way. It's like, it's not, it's expensive and it's an investment, uh, especially for a lot of people I want to be conscious, but like, you got to do it. It's more expensive not to do it and not to expand your horizons. It's an investment in yourself and, and seeing things and processing things. So I think it's super important. That's so beautifully put, man. And I think there's a lot of uh, people like such as yourself that are just high performers that are just really, you know, you're on all the time. And um, like personally, myself as well, where when you're just always hard charging, um, we took 11 days off where uh, it just, especially to, you, you know, your business enough to find that seasonality where it's just like, hey, man, it really doesn't matter if I'm here or not. Nobody's buying our stuff right now anyways. And so why don't we recharge, take a breather? And then when things do spin back up, I'm going to be a hundred percent versus, um, you're real, you're really spot on about that burnout thing. And I think, uh, again, when you get into those high performing type of personalities, it's very hard to acknowledge. I don't know if it's an ego thing or what that I'm burnt out versus like, dude, take a break, go take a breather. Like operating at 60 to 70% all the time just ain't the path. Like you're just coming up with solutions versus the awesome answer, like, and you just, so I think that's beautiful. I don't know if I had, you, do you, are you a planned guy? I would have so much anxiety of like not knowing, or was that kind of part of it? No, I, what would you have anxiety about? What is, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm so planned. I like to have spontaneity within the parameters. So I like to know I'm leaving on day X. I'm coming home on day Y I'll be in city Z. And then like within that, then I'm like, let's be spontaneous. But I, like, I think that's so cool. It's just an airport. So pull like, that back a layer. Why go. do you think that is? Like, why? why? That's interesting. Uh, maybe because I don't like the unknown or like maybe there's some like. Uh, what do you not like about the unknown? That's living. That's in the moment. So these are these are valid <laughs> points. Interesting. Yeah, maybe I need to, I need to do some put some some smoke in the air and do so a little meditation deep. or something. I've gotten it's, so it's, deep on fair. questioning why. Why for everything, right? Like if anything is making me feel any type of way, I just go, Why? And I'm like, am I choosing this feeling or is someone else? Is this a thought that someone else has that I've inherited from them? Right? Like, is this the world telling me, oh, you can't just travel and do this. And I'm like, why? You just can, you just get on a plane and it's fine. You're in control. If you want to go somewhere, you go somewhere. If you don't, you don't. It's like, uh, so I think it's super important just to question why on everything. And once you get to the core of things, you're just like, interesting. Did I come up with this thought or is somebody else's insecurity or fear about this? Is that? have I internalized that? And then then you're in a bad place because you're just taking on everyone else's fear and anxieties. It's a really great point. I love that. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, you're, you're coming from a yoga studio, so you already have the, the enlightenment boost there. So, <laughs> I, so I can't keep up with you, but that's a fair point. Um, have you always been like this or has this been an evolution into kind of like, because uh, I do see what you're saying. I think again, like not to keep banging on the hard chargers, but, um, there's a certain aspect of those people do fall into these habit loops or, uh, said another way, you're living somebody else's life, right? Like you're, there's that great quote where there's so many people buying things they don't want to impress people they don't care about. Yeah. And you asked if I've always been this way. No, I was the hard charger. And I, when I started this company seven years ago, the first three years of the business, I charged harder than I've ever seen anyone charge. And that was in the time when, I don't know if you remember social media at that time, but like that was when Gary Vee was preaching hustle, grind, yeah. work, no fun. That's in your, in, I was in my early 20s. And it was like, in your early 20s, you should have no girlfriend, no fun, yeah. no anything. Yeah. Work 15 hours a day. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to go yeah. do that. That is me. Gary I'm me. a hustler. And I'll then by the Jets. And, and yeah, in my business, <laughs> it, it, it happened to me when I was like 23 or 24. I got named Forbes 330. We were doing collaborations with people like Logan Paul and the Chainsmokers and the brand was hot and growing and people were all like, the whole world was giving me all this positive feedback and, and saying how awesome it was. And I was broken inside, man. I was yeah. absolutely miserable. I was depressed. I was about 50 pounds heavier than I am right now. I had no happiness. I couldn't even have joy in like hanging out with my family or doing things that normally brought me joy because I was just stressed and anxious all the time. Then I was like, what the fuck is the point of all this? What am I doing and this I, for? Like, and like, why do I, I, I don't want any of this outside validation. I just want, I want validation for myself. I want myself to be happy. And that's, yeah, so, so like, beautiful. I think it, unfortunately for me, it took me going to rock bottom and it took yeah. me actually 
yeah, just going and, and traveling and just seeing and having perspective and sitting with myself and like it, I went through really dark places to get here, which I think, yeah. unfortunately, a lot of times you need to go to those kind of dark places to get to the other side. Um, but it's all part of the journey for everyone. And I think everyone's goal should be to get to the point where you're just happy with yourself and you're happy with your doing. And that's, to me, that's the ultimate feat. That's the ultimate win in life, just to in, be able to enjoy the ride and know there's ups and know there's downs and just be like, look, I'm vibing, I'm, I'm cruising every day and this is it. I'm living for myself and I'm doing what I want to do. Man, that's so beautiful. I, 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 I totally agree with you there. I mean, that is, I think, without getting too hippy dippy kind of the whole point of like quote unquote nirvana or enlightenment is like you are just in the moment happy like this life is a gift and you're using it in the present moment as much as possible but um and, and i met you in person and this isn't just a, a podcast persona you you are just the most chill but not only chill like that's what's so aspirational for me and kind of amused for myself is that you still were able to keep the ambition and the business acumen and all this. Like you didn't just go sit in a cave and say, Hey, this is what I'm here for. But you found a way to merge the two worlds of kind of capitalism and enlightenment, which is, I think a very rare feat, no pun intended. It is. And it really, it's operating from love and not operating from fear. I I use, I operated from fear for the first 25 years of my life. I operated from fear and I, I used it as fuel and I used that fear and it was just like, that would drive me. And fear is a great fuel source. And I think a lot of people listening to this probably operate from fear as well. And it's, it's, I'm not enough, or I need to do more, or the business is going to die tomorrow if I don't do this. And I have to push it. I have to grind. That's okay. And that, if that's a fuel source, but it took a lot of meditation, a lot of therapy and a lot of dark places to realize it's better to operate from love and being like, Whoa, how cool is this? I'm in a yoga studio that I built because I like yoga in our store and we get to have people do this and I get to do a podcast with this guy I like too. And I get to talk about things I like doing today. What? This is like, this is amazing. This is so fun. So like when you can get to that point, like you're playing with house money because even when things externally bad happen, you're already winning. You can't lose. That's so well put. I love that. Yeah, I really love that. Um, so you mentioned you worked with a bunch of really cool influencers. You kind of have a cool Logan Paul story, right? So this is you you presented at the Blue Whale Group, and it was one of my favorite presentations. Uh, but can you give us kind of the the skinny there with the car and the socks and all that stuff? That's it's kind of a cool story. Yeah, I mean, back to just operating from love and just trying to have fun with stuff, right? Like uh, and enjoying it. So yeah, high level. That was in 2015 when the app Vine was just getting started. Um, I was in college. I was 21 or 22 years old. Oh my and it gosh, was, I can't believe that. Yeah, I started the sock company. I was Crazy. like, how do you sell socks? How do you sell a million pairs of socks? And I was like, how do I do this? And this is like, it's hard to remember. Like 2015, like that was before like Facebook ads. Like people yep. were even like all hyped on that. Like it was before influencer. It was like, no, it was before brands or in companies didn't even have Instagram pages. They're like, why would, we're a company. Why would we post photos? And it was such a different time. And I remember I was watching this app called Vine that just blew up and I was just like, okay, like these people reach a lot of people. And this is way before influencer Mark has it, but, but what if they could put our stuff in the video? Could we sell online? And I started watching all these people's videos, the top Viners, King Batch, Lele Pons, Amanda Sarday, yeah. Logan Paul, and they all had the same backdrops in their apartment. They all have the same door handles. They all have the same stoves. And I was like, that's interesting. Like, I think they're all in the same building. Uh, they'd all shoot at the same cool, the same gym. And I was like, I think they are. So then I, f- I figure out it's this building, 1600 Vine Street in Hollywood. At the time, I, I would just go in Massachusetts. So I was living in Boston and I was like, I have to go to this building. I just have to. And this is like back to operating from love and just be like, oh, this is cool. This is new. This is fresh. I got to go see what's up. So I fly to Los Angeles. I go to the building. I see all these kids live there. I'm like, I'm moving into this building. I'm going to work with these kids. Um, then from there, it's like, okay. Moved into the building, started meeting like all these people who have massive followings. I was like, whoa, this is cool. Um, but it's like, how do you actually give someone, instead of trying to take, how do you give? And how do you oh, make I something like- compelling? So that was a big thing for me. It's like, I remember at the time, brands would be approaching these people, like brands like um, massive brands like Sony or Gillette or Ford or whatever. And they'd, they'd be paying these people like hundreds of thousands of dollars for one post. And right. I was like, Shit, I can't compete with that. So <laughs> let's get creative, right? Um, so I 
I realize a lot of these people, they care a lot of it. Celebrities, influencers, whoever it is, like, I'm, I was thinking only through my business lens at first. And I was like, they want dollars. That's all they want. But then I started thinking as I started to get to have close relationships with these content creators have millions of followers, they actually care more about their content than they do dollars. Dollars are just a number in the bank account. And you see this even today with like Mr. Beast. He's like, I yep. don't care. Give this person $10,000. It doesn't matter. Whatever. He cares more about the content. And that's any good content creator who's true. They care about their craft more than dollars, yep. whether it's a Very content well creator, a musician, an artist, an actor, any of these celebrities, like they are able to accumulate these massive amounts of dollars because they care so much about their craft and content. So I was like, oh, let me change my perspective. Like, how can I actually come up with cool content ideas for people? So that's how I came up with this idea with Logan. I bought this three-wheeled car. It's called the Polaris Slingshot. Yeah. Got this crazy wrap on it. And I was like, dude, let's make some socks. If you sell 20,000 pairs, I'll give you my car. And it was just a really cool, fun video as a content idea. And that really shifted my perspective about a lot of things. And just knowing that, like, just because I value something doesn't mean someone else values something. It's still and well it's so important to realize that whether it's in working in business or whether it's even like in a relationship, then it's like, you know, just because I value this doesn't mean my girlfriend values that. So like, if I think something's super high value, like cooking someone a home cooked meal, maybe she values going out to dinner more. And you have to understand that like different people have different value systems and you, you have to understand that and be conscious of that. So that was a, a big learning lesson that's helped me a lot in business and in life. I, I man, I resonate with that so much. And I think there's a, um, kind of a ancillary point or periphery point of, uh, there's a framework called jobs to be done. And it, it touches on this exact thing of there's certain jobs to be done. And if you are doing a job to be done and you're putting all this effort in, but it's not the job to be done that the person values, not only it, it's like the worst of both worlds. Cause not only are you thinking that you're putting all this effort and stuff on this vector that doesn't matter to this person. So not only are you not fulfilling um, whether it be your partner in a relationship or your customer's needs or what have you, but you're also burning all these resources. So it's, it's, like, it's just a, a, a total clusterfuck because you, you think you should deserve credit for something where it's like, I don't care about the hole that you dug in the backyard, but I put all that time to dig that hole in the backyard. Why don't you care about it? And you get into this really mismatch of um, value systems, as you said, and that, that can be just super detrimental to um, not only business, but relationships and everything. I mean, this is- It's so important. It's so, yeah, because both sides get pissed, right? You yeah. get pissed as the yeah. doer because you're like, I just did all this and you're not appreciative. Yes. Yeah. And then the other person gets pissed. They're like, why are you getting pissed at me for something that I don't even care about in the first place? And then yes. you're angry at each other. So I think it's so important. That's why communication is like everyone will always tell me communication is so important. I never understood how important it was. I would always be like, yeah, communication is important. Communication is so important up front. So important. Understand. And then also it's what people say without their words, right? There's so oh. much communication that's nonverbal. So it's like, people just don't tell the truth and that's hard. Yep. And it's like, you know, you could tell someone like, hey, I'm gonna go, they see you're excited. I'm gonna go build this hole in the backyard. They're like, oh, that's cool. Like, and then you go build the hole. You're like, you said it was cool. It's like, no, you have to say, you have to understand. They said, oh, that's cool. Like this, okay. And then from there you say, oh, I would just be like, oh, you said it's cool like that. What do you mean by that? Like, are, are you not that excited about it? I'm extremely excited yeah. about it. I think it's the coolest yeah. thing ever. And I think it's worth me putting 10 hours at do. And they're, then they'll say, yeah, I don't know if it's worth 10 hours. And then you can start <laughs> to understand. But that's so important with employees as well, coworkers. Like when you do something for, like you should have to understand how people are feeling. And just, you need to, when you're operating, when you're coming from a good place, you can't go wrong. And I, yep. I really believe that. So it's like, when you're asking questions with people, it's like, oh, I'm just, I'm really trying to understand you. So like everyone should have the confidence to ask and communicate because you're coming from a good place. You're trying to do something good. Yeah, I think that's that's brilliant. And especially too, because you shift from a judgment mentality to an open learning mentality. It's like, oh, I'm not judging you for having this opinion. I just want to learn more of where that opinion came from. So then I can align to your value system, what have you. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. I swear we're not going to have like Tibetan singing bowls in the background or something like that, people. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the business stuff soon enough. But, uh... I got some behind me if you want me to bust them out. <laughs> of course you do. Of course, that's amazing. Wait, oh should, my I, should I hop at my uh, meditation chair I got right here? <laughs> we're, we're all going to just do a, a silent meditation. Let's go. Um, that's amazing, man. That's so cool. Uh, how did you get into entrepreneurship? 
like you you were so young and you started slanging all this stuff but what was the, the like what was the uh the first venture yeah i think that was from like the earliest i could tell i remember i was like five years old and i'd get a hamburger at the hamburger stand <laughs> and i was like why is this hamburger three dollars when it's a dollar next door at mcdonald's i'm like why how are these people competing i was just fascinated by this and i'd go to the grocery store and i remember like if you're at a 7-Eleven or something, a Snickers bar at the time would cost like 25 or 50 cents. And at the grocery yep. store, you can get like seven for a dollar. It was like a tenth of the yeah. price. And I was like, wait, this is the same exact Snickers bar next door, but it's three times as much in this place as it is, or a bottle of water or whatever it was. And I couldn't like, that bothered me my whole childhood. I was like, why is a bottle of water when I go to a basketball game at Staples Center, $7 when the same water is 25 cents, the same exact bottle. And I yeah. was just like, that just bugged me from, from when I was five years old. And um, I couldn't fathom that. I couldn't understand that the same item and the difference in value, right? And whether yep. it was that or whether it was like a designer t-shirt, right? Like why is a t-shirt that says Gucci on it with the same quality, the same t-shirt without the stamp on it, $700 where that t-shirt could be $7. And I'm like, I couldn't, it was just mind blowing. Um, so I think that always bugged me from a young age. And then- what also really bugged me, and so a lot of it came from frustration operating back to fear, was just like, I was never, I always thought I was smart, but I never did well in school. Cause I'm just yeah, like, yeah. it was just, I didn't stick within the lines. I was like way too creative. And I would just like question everything. And I'd be like, I, I it just wouldn't, I didn't have good grades. And like I applied to 10 colleges. I only got into one and that put a chip on my shoulder. So I'm like, I, I think I'm the smartest person in the room. And these people are just sheep who are thinking within this framework, yep. but like, I got something to prove. So for me, it was always, I was always super creative and figuring out ways to make money. I grew up uh, liking basketball in the Los Angeles Clippers um, for the underdog team, which kind of aligned yeah. with how I felt as an underdog. And I'd want to go to games, but I didn't have any money. So I'd just go and I would buy a $5 nosebleed ticket and I would sell it and scalp it. And I would just like buy and sell tickets outside the arena all for the, the game would tip off at 730. So I'd get there like at six be buying and selling tickets and just flipping them and just hustling. And that taught me a lot about like supply and demand and value. And it's like, you know, tickets are not valid, that valuable, like an hour before tip, tip off. They're extremely valuable from 6.45 to like 7.20. So like till 10 minutes, five minutes before tip off. And then once there's tip off, the value is almost eroded to zero. So it was like, that taught me a lot about supply and demand, just timing of, and how the different value could fluctuate over time. Yeah. And what I would do, I just scalp these tickets and I would end up like, I would start with nosebleeds for $5 and I would end up with courtside tickets. And that's how I just like kind of hustle my way almost every game. And granted at the time, like courtside tickets for a Clipper game, like in the 2000s, they were horrible. We're probably like a couple hundred bucks, but um, it was cool. That's And I would sit courtside like, holy shit, like this is cool. I could take something and through hustling and motivate, like I, and working, I could turn it from this to that. And that was really empowering for me. Um, so I think that's how I got into entrepreneurship as a young age. It was a lot of like, not That's feeling so enough in the cool. school system, but also like feeling super free and motivated. Like, whoa, I could take this and turn it into this. That's cool. That is so crazy. I mean, that you're essentially teaching yourself like all the foundational economics. So like you said, timing the market, arbitrage, these things of that nature. Some people like have more time than money, so they want. That's really cool to trade up. That's a really cool story. Are you still a Clippers fan or you never made it over to the Lakers? You're still still I'm second seat? Never made it over to, yeah, yeah, always. I always got to ride <laughs> always, with the underdog. Let's go. I, I am the underdog, and I, I still fully believe that. And, um, yeah, I love Clippers. I think there's a certain aspect of you should never, ever lose that. I So I used to uh, – I, I might have told this story before on the podcast, but I'm old, so my mind's going. Um, the I used to run uh, competitively. It used to be pretty good, actually. And there was this guy that uh, he was kind of like my main competitor. I, I grew up in Indiana and uh, he was really, really good. I ran the mile, two mile and I got to go see him. We were in different uh, sectional meets. So I had just crushed my sectional meet, won it, obviously. Duh. Uh, but I went to go see him and he was he was just just crazy. Actually, I ended up going to Stanford and doing crushing there. But um, too long, didn't read. He's on the 3200. Uh, that's the two mile race. Uh, he's just killing everybody. I mean, just like lapping people. There's just nothing there. He ends up actually setting a, a track record of just really putting down a heater of a time. And I asked him, I was like, hey, man, like, how'd you do that? Usually you set your best times, you know, in like really competitive races when you're running for your life. Um, and I was like, how'd you run so fast? There was nobody behind you. 
And he, I will never forget this. He gave me the, he was just um, the Ethiopian kid, just this like skin and bones kind of kid. And he just gave me this really like shit eating grin of like, oh, there's always somebody behind me. And that has stuck with me forever where it's just like, man, when you have um, that fire behind you and there's always that that thing or that person or that that something to just keep that motivation high, it, that is one of the best skills you can cultivate. And not to come from like a, a place of love or like I think the coming from a place of love is really important. Not that he was coming from a place of fear, but it was more so like the chip on the shoulder kind of thing that you were describing where I can just be so valuable. And if you can manifest it in a productive way, it man, those are the people that win. Like perseverance, luck, and timing are the three biggest vectors of what decides a business success, in my opinion. Like it's not product yeah. market fit. It's, it's it's luck, timing, and perseverance. Like so hundred like, percent. Figma out, was a drone company, right? Yeah, there's it's, so much that's out of your control. Figma is a drone company. Slack pivoted. Like all these people have pivoted and survived and and grown and blossomed into all these amazing things. And so, um, man, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah. Okay, we're going a little long on this segment, but it's amazing. <laughs> too, so let me. <laughs> it got too deep. Long I love the spiritual it, stuff. Uh, no, I love it. It's so. I, I think it's needed, man. I think it really is needed. I think there can be like again, like you're my muse for somebody that's absolutely crushing it, living a really meaningful life. But there's also some really awesome material stuff where you enjoy your life as well with some finer things. And I think that there's nothing wrong with that. But if I took those finer things away from you your life would not be any worse. And I think that's really, that's it's almost like a stoic principle as well, where um, you'll drink wine if we have wine, but if I take that wine away from you and you only have water to drink, there's zero effect on your happiness, on your fulfillment, on anything like that. And I think that is really, for me anyways, that's that's my kind of enlightenment. Um, okay, one more question, and then we'll get into the value add segment. Um, what's the nicest thing someone's done for you? Ooh, um, I've had just some amazing mentors in business, um, and investors, advisors, friends. Um, one of our earliest investors comes to mind where she's just been above and beyond mentor. One of another, another mentor I had who I met in college is with amazing. These people who, it almost brings me to tears talking about it. Who like, who, who unconditionally love you and want to see yeah. the best for you. And to me, that is just like the most it's like they don't want anything from it whether it's a friend whether it's a a mentor whether it's whoever it is it's just people that just they're, they're just they don't want anything besides just like they believe in you and they want that and that's the nicest thing anyone could ever give me is just like the belief the love the compassion and just being there is uh i've had a lot of, I'm, I'm lucky to have a lot of people do that and i can't wait to get to the, and i i do this with a lot of people but i can't wait to prioritize this prioritize this even more in my life because i'm like Shoot, like there's, there, to me, that's the nicest, best feeling I've ever had in the world was just having people like that who really care. I love that, man. Yeah, that's beautiful. And there, those are those are the real ones that you know kind of get through the fence and then pay it back to help other people kind of poke through. And you know, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I love that. Um, okay, time to get into the value add segment. This is why the people bought the ticket. All right, let's do it. Um, so obviously your biggest, boldest, most impressive success has been feet. Why did you start feet? Why is it called that? Started feet in college, um, and just selling socks and just seeing if we could do it. Right. Um, the name feet, it's, it's a feat. It's a feat of life. It's, uh, it's, it's all about finding your feet and that's really important. It's, it's find your purpose, find your journey. And I think this past seven year journey has taught me that. And it's, I used to, when I started the journey, I thought it was about the destination, right? I think everyone who starts a company is like, we're going to start this company. We're going to sell it for hundreds of millions of yeah, dollars. Exactly. We're yeah, going to go yeah. retire in two years and we're going to be set. And like, I was very focused on the destination. As I've got out their journey, I'm just like, oh my gosh, what I've learned in this journey is better than any potential exit or outcome. And yeah. it's gotten to the point where it's like, I don't even think about what an outcome or an exit could be because I'm just like, I feel so grateful for everything I've already won from this journey. So it's all about finding your feet. It's finding your purpose. It's finding finding your feet and being able to kind of go through the ups and downs of life and uh, finding the purpose in just the, the every day. And that's, that's the ultimate feat. That's the win. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Matt Mullenwig of uh, WordPress fame. Um, he got offered a crap ton of money to uh, – 
acquire wordpress.com um for it was just it was an absurd amount of money and he turned it down and everybody's like what do you do do he's like what what are you talking about like i'm running the company i want to run with run i'm making plenty of money the people i work with are amazing like what am i going to do i'm going to get all like i'm already at the place and i'm enjoying the journey like there's no point in like why would i stop the ride like this is incredible this is like what, what why would i take that money and then i'm gonna go start another company to build it up to be the work with the people i want to work with do the thing i want to do and so i think that i there's love a that. certain yeah uh, there's just so much um honor and happiness and like fulfillment in knowing that you're doing the thing you want to be doing with the people you want to be doing it with. I think that really is the show. And, I, and you're not uh, trapped. You're not trapped by what yes. society tells you what yes. you should do, yes. right? Like society tells you like you should trade your happiness for money. And a, the yep. guy from WordPress, he's like, no, I shouldn't. I like yep. what I'm doing. Like, yep. I don't care what people think. And that's such a cool, awesome, free thinker that I love that, right? Like that's, yeah. that to, like we talked about Nirvana earlier. That's Nirvana just to be able to be yep. like, okay, world says this. I like this. I'm going to do what I like. Yeah, he's a G. He's awesome. He, they actually, uh, it, it kind of just funny uh, side story. Um, they ended up having like this baller, baller um, headquarters in San Francisco. And the only reason they had it was because um, they were doing some really massive deals where it was really, really like proper money. <laughs> and nobody worked from there. Everybody like worked remote or worked from home or what have you. But they needed to have a place like, when he was closing like hundreds of millions of dollar deals in like Starbucks, he was like the LPs and everybody was a little awkward. So they had this fancy place that they rented out this poor gorgeous office, but nobody worked out of it. It was just, it's so funny sometimes yeah. how things work that's out. Always the, that's, that's the interesting thing to me. It's the trade off of you have to play the game at times, right? And you do. Like, you can't go full hippy dippy, you know, working remote and just being like, living on a shack on the beach because people will be like, this guy's crazy. I'm not going to buy from this brand, invest in this, whatever it is. So you do have to play the game sometimes. Like, look, like you still have to, you, you still have to dress nice. You still, what you wear and how you look and how you present yourself is important. So it's like, yes, you have to play the game, but you have to know why you're playing the game. You're not ooh, going to that. buy that Rolex because you're like, ooh, this will validate me. You're going to buy something like that because you're saying, this will actually allow, enable the person I want to invest in my company to think I'm more legit or to yeah. perceive me this way. But it's, not, yeah. it's never to fill your own self worth. You have to just know why you're playing the game. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I love that. Um, you're quite the social media phenom. What do you credit, like your Instagrams, your LinkedIn's? Like, what do you credit all that success to? I mean, to be fair, you're a fantastic storyteller. Candidly, you're a good looking, well spoken guy, but like, there's lots of people like you. How how did you break through with like again your LinkedIn and Instagram are sensational, fairly big followings. How, how did you accomplish that? I think just being unbashedly yourself, right? Just being okay. yeah. fully unique. And I think there's like LinkedIn. I'm one of the most the top followed accounts on LinkedIn, and I've got like billions of impressions on that platform. One of the top yep. influencers by LinkedIn is like they've contacted me and told me like you're. In, I think it was 2021, 2022, and 2020, like one of the top accounts on the platform yep. in terms of engagement and shares, and which is pretty nuts. It's, it's a big platform. Um, Crazy. And then Instagram, I'm pretty good following there as well. And I just attribute it to like, just be, be real, right? Like I talk to everyone, like I talk to my friends in there when I'm chilling in the living room. And I think that's so important because people want that especially on LinkedIn and Instagram. It's like people try to put this best version of themselves. And yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that. Like everyone yeah. ends up posting the same exact thing, right? They're yeah. posting, oh, look at my perfectly edited picture of food. Yeah. Look at my perfectly yeah. edited trip. Yeah. And like I'm posting pictures of like cows in the street that I thought were cool, <laughs> that were like dirty and grimy. And I was like, like, I, I don't care. It's like, that's cool to me. <laughs> like, I don't really, I don't care if people think I'm cool for it. Like I want to express what I'm intrigued by. Um, so I think that's important. Just like everyone, if you want to stand out, you could do it just by getting out of your own way and just being yourself. That's how you stand out. And just, uh, I think too many people just try fitting in. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't work. And I, I'm even realizing this, um, and it's hard to look yourself in the mirror and something really challenging I did over this break was to look at myself in the mirror and to look at feet, my brand in the mirror. And as I'm looking at my brand, I'm like, shit, you know, we, it's indistinguishable in the sea of noise of these e-commerce clothing companies. And and we're fitting in too much and we're not standing out. So I'm like, I want to go back to the drawing board. I'm like, I got caught. Like you can't fit in with the masses and do what they're all doing. 
So I'm fully reimagining everything. And it's it, it it's human nature, right? Like you're gonna slip out of times and right now, like I realize I mean you go to our Instagram page, your feet, you're just like, oh, you know, it, it looks like every other e-commerce brand. Fuck that. That's not us being unique. I'm not applying the same principles that I apply in my own life to what I'm doing. Um, and it doesn't feel true. So it's like it's important to just be conscious of like, hey, if I'm not being fully true to myself, why am I doing this? Why am I posting like this? Am I doing it because I saw someone else do it and they made it made me think I could post like that? Or am I doing it because like this is true in my gut, in my core, what I want to do. And I would just challenge everyone to be like, be yourself. Like that's the ultimate cheat code to win. I man, I love that. And the 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 challenge it's almost like the the obstacles the way kind of like the stoicism ryan holiday stuff of like just getting out of your own way because authenticity can be really challenging especially if you haven't put to your point put in the work you know sometimes you do got to go to some dark places to find those treasures but then once you have that you have that understanding of who you are who you want to be and there's always this this aspirational character like an asymptote that you're never going to reach but if you're aspiring to it and you know, you're, you might fall off the wagon here or there, but having that self-reflection loop, I think is really important. And to your, I, I just love the idea of why, 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 because you, you can really start to get to some, not symptoms, but causes. And I think that's the real, that's the show where it's like, you can paper over and you can do this, that, and the other, but if you can get to the causal mechanism of it, then you can actually have some real fundamental change in your life. A hundred percent. The thing is it takes it takes digging and silence to get to those points. And in our world, especially in today's age, we have so many pacifiers in our pocket at all times. You feel a little bit of anxiety, you open up Instagram. You have you have two seconds alone, you go open your Twitter feed and you check it. And you're just checking things at all time. And that's stopping you from getting to your core or whatever those causes are. And it's like, I mean, I keep my phone on you that disturbed 24 seven because I'm like, Same. I don't want to be disturbed. So like, I don't care. Like, whatever it is, it can't be that important. And if it is, people who know me, they know if you call twice, it will go past the Dutch servo. So if it's an emergency, do that. And, like, I don't care. My mindset, my well-being is more important than that. But it's so easy to get so distracted. And I went down this path where I realized, like, like there was a point when I, in my early 20s where I realized every time I went to the bathroom, I would just stay in the bathroom and be scrolling on my phone. And I'm like, that is horrible. <laughs> Literally every time I went to the bathroom, like any time, and I realized I would even go to the bathroom when I didn't have to go to the bathroom. I just wanted to be <laughs> alone in a room, strolling on my phone, undistracted. And there's a point where I, I, I looked at myself in the mirror in that bathroom. I'm like, what the fuck happened to me? Like this is, because it, 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 it happens so gradually that you're unconscious. Yeah. And yeah. that's where it's so scary when you're just like, yeah. then you realize you're not yourself. Like, those aren't your thoughts. You're just putting in other thoughts and you're, you're not even with yourself at all. And that was like, shit. Like, I mean, I had to switch a lot of things. So it, it's hard to get to that point when there's so many easy dopamine fixes whenever you're yep. feeling anything. And you, yep. you got to sit in the silence and be like, this is going to be hard, but uh, I just want to sit at it. Yeah, that's so well put. Uh, what are the best parts or what are the hardest parts of running feet? I mean, best parts are being able to 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 be free and to be able to create what you want to create. I think there's nothing <laughs> better than just being able to create and uh, being able to be around people who inspire you and do things that inspire you and not feel like you're working for a paycheck, but you're working out of love. And that that's by far the best. Totally. The I mean, with that becomes a lot of challenges. It's like, I mean, this year was a lot of challenges. This is This was like the most difficult year in the history of the seven years of me running this company. Uh, so many issues. There's a lot of different personalities. There's a lot of market changes. No. There's a lot of external factors. And there's a lot of difficult conversations. And they were extremely difficult in the moment, but I'm so grateful for them after the fact where I'm like, shit, this taught me so much. And it's like, it's once you have the mentality of like, when you're going through something hard, you just, you know, there's a rainbow at the end of the rain. You're yep. just like, okay, I'm sitting in the rain right now. This is horrible. I have to still sit in it. There's no quick solution to get out of it. I can't go, you know, smoke weed or drink alcohol or yep. go do these other vices to get out of this. I have to sit in the rain because yep. the sun will come back out. And when the sun comes out, it's going to be brighter and there's going to be a rainbow. And I'm going to have learned how to avoid this rain next time or whatever that is. So like, once you have that mindset, it's like, 
you could shift your perspective on the challenges when they come all at once. Like it's fucking hard. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Like yep. uh, yeah. I, I, I've cried more than this year that I've ever cried, uh, which yeah. has been really awesome because I, I was one that always held back tears. And Same. I think growing up as your man, suck it up, be tough. Yep. Um, yep. And I would, I would just push things down. I would feel it in my body, in my hips, in my back, and my leg. I was tight. I would have these things I would just push, push, push down in my body and hold on to. And this year, I, I haven't released all of them because I, I got a lot of shit down there. But I'm releasing a lot of it, and through tears, through emotion, and just through yeah. accepting. And that's been super powerful for me to just be like, you, you just gotta embrace it all head on, and that's the only way to live. So yeah, I mean, there's ups and there's downs, and but that's that's the beauty of it. Yeah. And paradoxically, the ups aren't as meaningful without the downs. Like, At like, all. It sounds yeah. so weird, but like that's so when I hire people that like obviously you want to hire for talent, but there's a certain aspect for me. Um, not only do I hire on mostly vibe, but also I hire like I want people that have tried and failed and have picked themselves back up versus somebody that has this spotless record because you get this perverted view of the world um, and you just had all these wins in succession. But at the same time, like going back to, I feel like the the old high school guy, but going back to like my old racing days, I don't even remember the races I won. I only remember the races I lost. Like there's just a certain aspect of like those with the, that, that those are really nice learning points and inflections. And um, there's also a certain aspect too of like winning, um, especially sometimes you can conflate that winning with your skill when it was actually luck. And so you can start to build some bad habits and you attribute those uh, wins to your actual efficacy when it was just luck. And so I, I love that, man. I think that's, it's, it's so amazing. That's a really, really good outlook. Definitely. Yeah. And you're so right with, you remember the losses more than the wins. You learn so much more from the losses in yep. um, those times. And that's, so you develop as a person. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so uh, going back to how amazing your Instagram feed is, I followed the whole uh, build out. You guys recently opened your first physical store um, and yep. you also had a, a, a great part on this in terms of your presentation at the Blue Whale Group. But um, tell me what that was like. So like, I mean, it, it ended up coming out gorgeous, to be fair, but it sounded like there was some uh, <laughs> some headwinds uh, to get it to the point that it is now. Yeah, so we're here. I mean, this is our yoga studio upstairs, and I can show you. It's beautiful. Here's, For everybody that's listening, Taylor's touring uh, for us. If you want to watch yeah, this, so it'll be on YouTube as store. well. Beautiful. It's a big store. Um, yeah. And it's just it's a fully different business, right? Like, yeah. it, it was, it is different than e-commerce. You're dealing with yeah. um, a different workforce in terms of labor. You're dealing with physical places. You're dealing, it's just a lot of new challenges and learning. So, like, I thought it'd be a lot easier than it was, which taught sure. me a massive lesson to like always overestimate the difficulty of things. I think what happens for optimistic people, especially go-getters who like, like us, right? Who we think anything's possible. I, I believe anything is possible, but um, I've learned I could do anything, but I can't do everything. And, and that was a really powerful learning lesson for me because like, I would try to do everything yeah. and it was difficult. And I would learn that like, I need to set realistic timelines and realistic. I really had to put out how much energy this would take. I would always underestimate it. Um, and then I would get discouraged when I'm like, oh, this is way longer than expected. It's yeah, because I set my perception. So that was the story, right? I thought it would be a lot faster to build out. I thought uh, it would be a lot less expensive. I thought we'd have a lot less issues, but I was naive to see how many issues we ran into, right? Like yeah. um, when you work with contractors, when you're you know, ripping up wires and having to rewire things and you have to wait on you know, different companies for different things and it's like, it's a challenge. So it's definitely a challenge, but it's been extremely rewarding. Um, and it's been fun. It's great to have a hub and great to have a place where we could be, where the brand could live. I think it's extremely important. Yeah. And I find it really interesting for you, uh, especially because one, the experiential stuff that you talked about was really cool. How you have your breath workshops, you have your yoga studio upstairs. There's all these things that um, feet starts to become and I don't want to say like more legitimate because it sounds like a pejorative, but it, it, it's cool to say like you have a retail location now. And like, I feel like that is a bit of a differentiator from like a, a just a strictly quote unquote D to C brand. But for you, what makes it really interesting for me is if you guys haven't, you need to buy some it. I don't know what the hell you guys make your stuff out of, but it is the softest thing I've ever touched in my life. And that's a pretty difficult thing to convey um, digitally. 
Yeah, of course. It, it's like showing a picture of a hamburger and saying this tastes amazing. You're just like, well, I can't taste it. It's like well, we're saying it's super soft. Like it's just an image. It's we you can't say like, hey, rub your computer screen or phone screen and you'll feel it. But um, it's it's insanely soft, and that's like it's been so cool to see people in the store. And they, I get people every single day who walk in and go, oh my god, I've seen you guys all over Instagram. I've seen you guys all over the internet. I've seen your ads, and I, I had to walk in and just to see if it was so soft. And I'm like, okay, go touch it. And they're like whoa it's even softer than i thought and i was yeah. like yeah but unfortunately we live in a day where a lot of different brands a lot of different people on the internet advertise things that aren't true um, that's fair so it, it it's it's i understand why consumers perception is skewed right like i've been screwed so many times i bought stuff from instagram ads that said it does something and it comes and it's like this is nothing like what it explained it to be um and that's you know that is the world so it, it's hard to compete with that so that's why a store is so amazing for that because it's like here like don't take our word for it just like come and fucking touch it like come see yep. it for yourself and you'll agree i love that man that's awesome um for people that want to visit you where is the store located it's in santa monica on main street uh so amazing. 2708 main street in santa monica if you just type in feet clothing or feet into google maps you'll find it boom amazing um okay one more question and we'll go to the rapid fire how do you see the next two to three years of e-commerce unfolding? A lot different than the past two to three years. Like <laughs> straight up, like it, it's heard that the, the game has changed. And yeah. there was a game that worked for a while. That was Facebook ads. That was it was the gold rush, right? Like, and we were the early miners. A lot of these early e-commerce companies and D2C companies, we were early, and there was gold in the river, and that river was Facebook. And yep. unfortunately, we're digging in that same river. We're paying more today to dig in that river and there's less gold and it's those rivers are getting dry and not only that yeah. like these big companies like netflix or ford or hulu or whoever it is they're coming in with massive mining rigs and they can lose a lot of money to get this gold out of this river and we only have our pans we're these scrappy companies and we're not there's there's no gold in that river <laughs> like yeah it, it and and that is a that is a massive shift to this world right and yeah. you got it's to me at first, I was truly resistant, as most humans are resistant to change. And like, we would still spend on Facebook inefficiently, being like, yep. "It's gonna, it's gonna turn back around." I know it, right? So like, it's just it's pulling the plug and saying, "Shit, it's back to the drawing board." Like this business bottle that was built from 2015 to 2022 for all these companies is obsolete. Yeah, and you need to accept that. And you need to be willing to change because otherwise you're just going to keep going back to that river and you're just, you, you, you do a little pan and you're not going to get any gold. Um, so it's going to look a lot different. Um, I think there's a lot that's going to change, whether it's with creators or whether it's with new ways to find reach outside yep. of Facebook, Instagram and digital advertising. But yep. um, it's going to be a fully different game. So I'm excited. It, to me, it's fun. It, it wipes the, the slate clean and now it's like, now the scrappiest, quickest, nimblest win. And that's where I think these e-commerce companies thrive. So anyone who feels stuck or feels like shit's not working, like, and that's how I felt this year for Feet, right? Like this year Feet reported its first loss we've ever reported in company history. And yeah. shit didn't work and it was yeah. hard. And yeah. I felt stuck and I'm like, okay, like it's not gonna unstick, right? We're not gonna go back to getting 4X same day attributed relays on <laughs> Facebook. Like that, nothing, that's not gonna happen. So it's like, it's on you to get unstuck or you're just going to slowly bleed yourself to death. So uh, for anyone listening to this that needed that push over the edge of like, just rethink everything. An exercise that I did that was extremely powerful is I thought, okay, if I was a consultant hired today by, oh. by feet, what would I say and what would I do? And then that That's enables me to think unemotionally. And I'd be like, well, shit, I wouldn't spend a fucking dollar on Facebook, maybe outside of retargeting or outside of some small things that work, but like, rethink that shit like you guys are not a company that does that right or just kind of rethinking different things um so i just challenge everyone like look at your business pretend coming up a fully fresh perspective unemotionally and, and just look at it that way i love that little thought experiment of taking yourself out of it and becoming like trying to take yourself into the third person or something like that where it's like hey if i that's a really cool way to do that because then you can start to not necessarily totally silence, but mitigate a little bit of the biases that you have. And you can start to kind of have that beginner's mind of like, okay, cool. If I was going to start with no constraints in mind, 
what would I change? I think that that's really awesome. And, uh, and it, I, the biases super are what screw you up so much. And yeah. that you, you create your own blind spots for yourself. And it's like, you know, there's a product, let's say we come out with, that I'm extremely emotionally attached to this product line because I know all the work that, it's like a baby, right? Like it takes nine months to make. You put so much time, energy, and effort into making it. I love it, but it doesn't fit with our brand and it's yep. not selling well. It's I'm so emotionally attached to it that I can't think clearly on it. Whereas if I was a consultant, I'd come in and say, look at the numbers. This product line is less than point, less than 1% of your total sales. Like, and you're investing 20% of your resources into it. That doesn't yep. make sense. Cut that. Yep. And I'm like, shit. And I'm like, I'm talking to myself in my head. I'm like, but it was so much work. And the consultant's being like, no, fucking cut that. Like, shut up. Cut like, it. that doesn't work. No, it's so clever, man. I love it. Oh my gosh, this has been my favorite podcast so far. Amazing. Okay, rapid fire. You ready? Let's go. Okay. TikTok, overrated or underrated? Underrated. Ooh, I love it. YouTube, overrated, underrated? Underrated. Ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, Yosemite, overrated, underrated? Underrated. These are all great right. things. Three underrated. <laughs> uh, Instagram, overrated, underrated? Underrated. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to run the board. Um, India, overrated, underrated? Underrated. Come on. That's oh my weird. gosh. Um, influencer marketing, overrated, underrated? Underrated by far. Oh my gosh, you, you're on a streak, you're on a heater. Oh my gosh, I'm giving you these toss-ups. Uh, meditation, overrated, underrated? Come on, what, what do you think? I, I, think yeah. say here? <laughs> okay, underrated. I think I might have you here. Um, retail, overrated, underrated? I think, uh, it's hard. Underrated if done correctly, but I think overrated with the way that people hype it up. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good... Um, you guys do so many cool collabs. So if you could do a collab with anyone, who would it be? Ooh, I would go someone, um, some of the names I think about these super A-list people who've been around, you know, family people, um, or people just who have been in the scene for a while. So yeah. I immediately start thinking to like the Brad Pitts, um, yeah. of the world are these really cool people. Um, it's in a spot, um, Reese Witherspoon, some of these people yeah. are just like, respected cool like i think drew barrymore is pretty cool like these yeah. people who are just like they've been in the spotlight forever they've realized they've they've kind of passed that point of like okay i'm not trying to it's not all about the money and the fame and these other things like it's about cooking a good meal with my family or doing whatever it is or yeah i don't know if brad Pitt fits in that category i don't follow him closely enough but like i was just thinking like people like that like who just like are starting to see the light in a lot of yeah. different ways um yeah and just be like even I've heard Kendall Jenner talk about this in a podcast. I think most brands would want to work with Kendall Jenner because she's like famous in this, but like I would want to work with Kendall Jenner because I've listened to her, I think it was on the Jay Shetty podcast, and she's talking about like, yeah, I realized this year, like, I don't like going out to clubs or bars. I just like yeah. to be alone with my horse and like that's when I'm the happiest and just walking around yeah. alone and just like sitting alone. And I'm like, fuck yeah, like like that's yeah. the type of stuff and the type of messaging. And so people that align with that vibe, I think, would would make the most sense for me. Yeah, I love that. Um, what's your favorite meal and why? Favorite meal, uh, right now I'm on a pretty like strict, not strict, but um, like a macro diet where I'm, I'm tracking carbs, protein, fat, and it's pretty simple. Chicken. <laughs> chicken. And chicken go. and broccoli. Keep it I simple. It. If I'm out there and I'm having fun, I, I do love sushi and some other things, but yeah. right now just what gets you the most protein and the least amount of fat and carbs. Yeah, no, that's, that's powerful. I'm actually trying to take a page out of your book uh, with the macro tracking as well as the the, the lean proteins, it's, uh, it's, it's a challenge, but uh, once you do it, it can be so fulfilling. Uh, favorite yep. place to travel to and why? Ooh, um, I love Brazil. I just, I love the really? energy there. People Rio are just or so, anywhere in specific? Uh, Sao Paulo, Rio. I lived yeah. for like seven months in Sao Paulo, which is really fun. So really? I, I speak Portuguese like fluently. Seriously? Which is, yeah, which makes me, I've been to Brazil like probably four or five times now. Um, outside that of is a cool fun there. fact. Yeah, it's just, I love the culture. People are just like so chill, so easygoing. Yeah. All they want to do is just like chill at the beach, play yeah. some soccer. And like, yeah. what I love most about Brazil is like everyone's so comfortable with themselves that like they, they could all make fun of each other for everything. Yeah. And like no one takes offense to it. And like oh, you could cool. just like, you could just say whatever and everyone's like, okay, <laughs> like, oh, that's funny or not. Uh, it's just like people just like vibe and don't really care. Did you teach it? How'd you learn Portuguese? That's crazy. Um, I grew up playing soccer, so I learned Spanish being in Los Angeles because, like, yeah. everyone is Hispanic, Latino, people that I played You're soccer You're trilingual? With, so. Oh, Spanish and you Portuguese know, are pretty similar. So, uh, but yeah. Interesting. But wow. playing soccer, 
yeah, I was always only the only um, non-Spanish speaker on the team. So if I wanted to get the ball, I had to speak in Spanish to, <laughs> to everyone to get the ball. Um, and I wanted to be captain of a lot of the teams I was on. So I was like, I have to communicate in Spanish to be the captain. So I kind of learned Spanish. Uh, and then from there, I met some Brazilian friends, uh, lived in Brazil for a little bit and picked up Portuguese pretty quickly. That's incredible. Is Christ the Redeemer like as impressive as it looks? It's pretty crazy. Um, it's or more... underwhelming. Yeah, this is something I'd say it's overrated. Um, it's yeah. overrated to go up there and see it in person. So like, yeah. if you go, you can take a little train up there. It it's you get so close to it. It's cool to see. To me, I think it's underrated. When my favorite spot is there's a couple spots on Copacabana Beach and yeah. um, Ipanema Beach where you could be in the water or be on the beach and look up and see it. And you so see it sit. It's underrated cool. that way. Like I would just lounge in the water with a little like coconut that someone just cut off a tree and I'm sitting yeah. on the coconut in the water looking up at the mountains and uh, Cristo up there and you're just like, fuck man, that just gives me the yeah. chills thinking about it. It's so cool. Copacabana is the, the super famous beach, right? Yeah, there's Copacabana, Ipanema, and Leblon, which are all right there and they're all pretty famous. They're all in Rio. Um, That's amazing. Amazing. I need to do the Brazil thing. That's awesome. Uh, okay, last question. If you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, fictional or non-fictional, who would they be? So oh, Taylor shit. has a table. There's three seats at the table. Who's getting the invites from Taylor? Shit. That is a good question. I think Marcus Aurelius first. Oh, um, love it. Love it. Great I think pick. he'd have some really interesting perspectives. I get three people. I want him. Ah, shit. I have so many on my list. Like that of just people I think are awesome. I don't know. There's so many amazing people throughout history. Um, man, yeah. I, just, I started listening to a lot of podcasts around history and just listening to all these different people at different points in history, and it's just so fascinating to me. I have so many people would be on my list. Um, I want to give you a thoughtful answer, but I know I'm on the spot. Let's go with him. Let's go Jesus, just to be like, there I, you I, go. I'm just like, yo, Amazing. what's going on out there? I'm not yeah, a super yeah, religious yeah. person, but I'm like, like yeah. shit, how'd you pull this off? How'd you get everyone saying your name <laughs> 2,500 years later? And still find you. Um, well played, so, well played. So that so would Stoic, be interesting. A religious figure. And yeah, it, and then. New Fairy is the most powerful person in the world. And he was the first yeah, person to ever uh, basically secede. Um, and give up his power when he ran the whole world. He's a really in meditations. If anybody's not read it, is the most insane book. Not only that, it's insane, um, but it was never meant for public consumption. This was his personal yeah. diary, which is like that blows my mind even more that he's having these really incredibly deep, profound thoughts. That his diary actually is one of the most read and arguably one of the um, you know most prolific Stoic texts. Yeah, so. All right, Marcus, yeah. JC, um, who else you got? And then let's throw someone from the modern world just to spice it up and get, get them thinking freely. I'm going to go Kanye. I know it's a little controversial, oh but my I, God. <laughs> I think that'll be a, a hilarious, um, oh be a, my a, God. a really interesting Kanye, dinner conversation. That is, I would love to be a fly on the wall in that dinner. That w That's a great pick. Those are three fantastic picks. That's hilarious. Taylor, this has been incredible, man. Uh, I really just... Love your vibe. Love your personality. You're just such a really awesome, awesome human. Um, tell the people where they can find you. How can they get more involved with Feet? Uh, this time is yours, my friend. Yeah, just at F-E-A-T on Instagram. Um, feetclothing.com is the website. And you can check out anything there. Uh, my personal Instagram, at Taylor Offer. Shoot me a DM if you listen to this, and I'll send you a code for Feet. So if you're going to get anything go. for Feet, shoot me a DM at Taylor Offer. And uh, I'll hook you up with something nice. And yeah, Taylor Offer, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, all the places. Holler at me there. Amazing. Thank you so much, brother. I'm glad you got to uh, make it back safely on your trip. Uh, this has been fantastic. Thanks so much for taking the time out. If you all want to get more involved in Triple Whale, we are triplewhale.com. We have a fantastic newsletter that goes out every Tuesday, Thursday called Whale Mail. You can subscribe right at triplewhale.com slash whale mail. And then we're hosting the Whaleys. Are you coming to Whaleys? You're coming, right? I, February I think 1st so. and 2nd? Yeah, you I have haven't got confirmation, but yeah, let's let's do it. Let's make it happen. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. You're, come see Taylor. Come see all this. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the Oscars for D2C. Um, we're doing a two-day event in Austin, February 1st and 2nd. 
go to thewhaleys.com to grab your ticket there. And then that's all we got, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. And then if you do enjoy this podcast, be sure to share it with people, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and then leave a review would be amazing. Uh, yeah, that's all we got. Taylor, man, this is amazing. This is just, oh, what a fantastic podcast. You're just such yeah, an interesting human, man. I love chatting with you. Appreciate I'll you. be out to Austin soon and I'm excited to let's go for a nice little walk around the river or something and continue these conversations. Done. I love it. We'll do some, if you're off your diet, maybe some Uchiko or something, get some, some fun sushi. Actually, sushi's yeah. not bad, right? I can get a little bit of the carb with the rice, you but it's yeah, not it's terrible, right? low rice. Yeah, yeah we'll do it. low rice. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Taylor, thanks so much, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, folks, Bye. that's all we got. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.